Welcome to Michael's guest. Tonight we have Linus Kvarnhammer here. Thank you. Really nice. He's a good friend of mine. We have known each other for like, I don't know, many years now. Yeah, since uh, 2006, I think. Yep. So um, back in the days you were code monkey at uh, a, a consultancy company here in Malmö. Dotway that then later turned into Jway. Yeah, that was commercial. I've tried to stay out of commercials for <laughs> companies. So <laughs> yeah, Jway is a really good company. So. But yeah, and he opted out anyway. So right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> um, but back uh, back in the days, you were just just a programmer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I worked five years as a .NET developer for Jway. Yeah. And uh, was it fun? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Right. You learn a lot? Yeah, I learned a lot. It was my first job as a programmer and uh, also my last. Um, um, 2011, I, uh, I went into another job doing development in a security company. And that's where I turned over to, to security. Right. I realized that... Uh, that was your thing i mean it's cool it's nice building stuff but it's more fun breaking it i think right so uh, the development assignments were long and yeah sitting a long time at the same customer building stuff and that could be interesting but doing pen testing hacking stuff is like one week here one week there meet a lot of different people, different customers, different environments. Challenging because you have to know about operating systems, networks, applications, and the security in each right. layer mm -hmm. kind of. Um, right. Yeah, so I got hooked on that 2011. Okay. All right, so uh, <clears throat> you, be, you became something, it's called white hat hacker. Yeah. And I'm the black hat, <laughs> not hacker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we forgot one thing before we start. Mm. Uh, we, should, we should have introduced the wine. Yeah. Yeah. It's also an you know, important part in this um, interview session. So, you recommend me to buy this one? Yeah. Fucking I expensive wine, by the way. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin, Philip. Uh, Bibamus uh, is his company's name. He's importing wine, but not this one. But he's also a sommelier. All right. And as a sommelier, he recommended this wine to me some a year ago or something. It's a Tuscany wine, Brunello di Montalcino. Hmm. Uh, he said, according to him, it's one of Italians, Italy's best wines. One of them, uh, according to him, I guess. But yep. it's a. Uh, it's a really good wine. It's a Sangiovese grape. All right. That's Should we taste it? I think so. All right. Let's have a cheers. Cheers. Uh, we have the pling, so it's like that. So we can. Mm. <coughs> All right. Back to the white hat hacker. So Linus, for you that don't know him. Yeah, he has just recently been in a um, TV series at um, SVT. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Hacked, or in Swedish, Hackad. Uh, it was six ep episodes, and they hacked private persons, companies, organizations, and so on. And um, and. Um, <coughs> Was it fun to do that? Oh, it was a lot of fun. But I can tell you in the beginning when I got the question, do you want to, because I, I, I early on was involved in like um, planning, but when they were trying the idea out, they, they uh, had a meeting with me and I said, they were, they were talking about doing a TV series on Övervakat land, the surveillance society. So I think they were pretty much into like what what does Facebook know about you, Google, Microsoft, stuff like yep. that, like the privacy aspect of of, of, of 
cyber, so to speak. Uh, and I, I told them that, um, yeah, that could be interesting, but I hack companies. That's what I can do. And uh, I, if you're interested in that, I can help you out. And then um, when I think they molded, they talked to more people, I recommended some people. And then they came back and said, we have a, like an idea and it's, it's about hacking people and companies. Do you want to be in it? And I was like, uh, my first instinct says, no, I don't want to be on TV. It's not for me. But then I thought like, ah, this is a pretty good opportunity to do something that is new right. and cool. And it would also be pretty cool if my kids could see me on SVT play. All right. That was one of those things. I mean, can I say no to that? Can I represent my my line of business? Yep. And I think I can. So I said yes. And yeah, and we were, for you who have seen it, it's we have four four hackers. Yep. And uh, yeah, we have a ha we're having a lot of fun, but we also um, under a you, lot you can of see pressure. that uh, in, in the um, in the in this TV series, uh, you have a lot of fun. Yeah. You can yeah. see that all the time. So. And, the, and there's also, of course, a lot of stuff that is cut of course. from it, yep. where we swear, where we joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, one thing I was thinking about when I was watching the TV series, uh, you have a certain lingo. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you're using some words which is mm -hmm. not familiar with the, the common man, so to say. Yeah. Uh, um, I think. I think we is tried to stay away from it as much yeah. as possible, but I mm. also think we learned during the episodes like yeah. uh, how to talk more like for the regular person. But uh, is there something in particular? No, no, no. Just was one overall yeah. uh, comment on the uh, how you talk to each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, we must talk to each other so we can communicate to each other. Of like course, of course. We should do this. We should do that. Yeah. Um, but it was pr pretty interesting how we, pr as we went along, we created the ideas that then became the program. And there were also lots, lots of uh, English expressions you used. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, like IT is, yeah. English is the, the um, dominant uh, language, so. Yeah, it is, and a lot of the tools, techniques, and uh, what we use is has English names. So. Yeah. So we before this um, this interview, we, we talked about um, the differences between a black hat hacker and a white hat hacker. So a good guy or a bad guy. So um, are you doing the same thing? I mean, practically. I mean, not for the same purpose, but. Yeah, I think uh, insert. Yeah, pretty much. I say, I, I'd say, especially ransomware. I mean, a ransomware attack involves getting into a company on the inside, hacking an employee via phishing, for instance, and then attacking the internal network, taking over the infrastructure. Yep. Uh, and that's exactly what we do when we pen test penetration test as well. Uh, and then, of course, the, the last step for the ransomware attacker is not what we are doing but they are encrypting everything uh, destroying data and yep. then uh, asking for money so yeah it's the skill set is pretty much the same but i think also there's there are a lot of cyber criminals that would never get a job in our industry because of because of incompetency right. so you can be uh, malicious and use techniques and tools that you can find online pretty easily and you can use them and, uh, and cause quite some harm i think but that's not enough skill to get a job all right if you know what i mean no not exactly you have to so what's the difference uh, what do you mean by yeah, not enough skills so no but let's say uh, there was a had a customer recently who who um, we helped where some guy maybe 18 years old we um he he downloaded uh leaked databases like hacked databases or emails and passwords that yep. have been leaked and then he just tried them out uh to the site and mass like a script used a script to try all the logins he could yep. like uh, millions yep. and then he got some accounts 
So that's users who have used the same password in many accounts, yeah. in many websites. All right. Um, so by downloading leaked databases, he could just reuse those and get valid accounts. All right. So and just typing a, typing a script is not hard. Exactly. So he's so using scripts that someone else has built, yeah. and he's downloading databases from the internet on some shady websites, databases that we also have that yeah. we use for construct constructive work or when we hack. But he used that to actually break into regular people's accounts. Yeah. Uh, an, ex an example could be that was not the case here, but it could be Spotify, for instance. So let's say if if you you had your password was uh, Michael, you log in was your email and you had password Michael, and I can see that in a leaked database. Yep. If I then try your email <coughs> and your password to Spotify, yep. to Spotify, and it works, then I've stolen your Spotify account. Yep. So then he could do that in a large scale and then sell Spotify accounts, for instance. Right. And uh, one of my customers had that issue. Um, not with Spotify. Though. No, not Spotify. No. <laughs> that was <laughs> just an example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, mm -hmm. but then we actually, we helped the customer sort this out. We found out who the guy was and we presented his, uh, his head on a plate to the police. Oh, wow. Uh, but that's that's a typical I mean and uh, no, we could we could see that he's been doing this for years to to different companies um, we could see that on online forums right but this guy would never get a job because he is so his only skill is using tools copy paste yeah kind of and and finding out where weaknesses in different systems are like if not weaknesses that are skilled but mm. But but it happens that a trickster. Mm, it, but it happens that black hat uh, hackers get a job. Uh, some years ago in Sweden, there were a guy up north in Sweden, um, but that, that was just a teenager, and he hacked the municipality's website or the, um, and um, so they offer him a job instead, mm. because he just did it because. Uh, he asked himself, could I do this? Yeah. And wow. Yeah, but uh, <coughs> I think that was probably more common back back in the day, I would guess. But it's not unreasonable. I mean, there's a gray area also here. I, for instance, I, I had some, I had, re I don't want to mention the authority, but there's a Swedish authority where I had reason to use their website recently, like within a year. Yep. Um, and just by using it, I could see that uh, they probably have a security issue here. Um, so I just changed a few numbers and then I could see other people's data. All right. Uh, because if you just look at the URL and look at the traffic going to the web server and you see that there's a, a number and you just try to change to another number, it should be access denied. But I got some other person's data back. Oh shit. Yes. So. Uh, so I just I called them up I think to try to figure out who I should report this to uh, and I got the message through to the right person and they called me back a, a week later and thanked me a lot and said they fixed it there you could say that not really gray but I mean I, I wasn't assigned to do that no, no. no one had told me I, di I, I didn't have permission no but uh, I found a bug and I reported it yeah mm. um, that's kind of in the gray area, maybe. Uh, and, and that way, I think, speci especially in the back in the days where you, you, it was really hard to find this competency, like publicly available. Who knows about security like 15 years ago? It was probably hard to find a company that could do that. So if you would find a thing like this, maybe you would get offered a job, yeah. especially if you're young and Yep, interested in looking yeah, for a job yeah. security has been quite popular uh, among uh, developers i see that at full cafe um when we have developed uh, talks about security mm. there are lots of people that shows up but it well, hasn't been like that i mean i think um only all like the last five years ish mm. i think it became uh, 
uh, a thing. So of course it always has been a thing, but uh, um, but it has been addressed to uh, many people, and this is this is super important. Um, yeah. Why? Uh, what happened? I mean, you you were you've been in the yeah. for like ten years yeah. ish, and have you noticed that the that it has become more uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think now everyone can attest to uh, the importance of of digital and cybersecurity just by watching the news. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but before it was maybe security when it comes to compliance, maybe is pretty boring. And I think a lot of developers before maybe encountered cybersecurity when it came to compliance. We need to comply with this certification to make this system and then it becomes pretty boring. Yeah. But if someone completely hacks your website that you built and you're a developer, you're pretty probably uh, interested in, in fixing it and making it uh, good uh, with good security. So I think the more cool hacks and pen testing we have seen in the business or in the development in the development business, I think that probably increased uh, interest for security. I would assume because it's uh, I mean developers uh, respect and appreciate quality code and quality software and if you can hack a piece of software it's not quality so I've, I think if you show that this can be hacked abused technically yeah. I think that triggers a lot of developers don't you think so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that triggers some kind of interest. Yeah, I often see that the people on like not low level, I mean the people working with IT, like developers and IT pros, they want their systems to be secure. Yeah, the challenge is how do we get the budget? Yeah. How do we get the funding? Uh, how do we, how can we like how can I focus? I'm interested in security, maybe if you're I'm a developer. But I want to work with this much, much more. Yeah. How can I get that permission from from the management? Yeah. But, but there should be development tools for it to make it easy to make it more secure. Yeah. Or um, is it? Yeah, I mean, is tooling is built, built all the time, uh, I guess. But if you if you build away one problem. Yep. then that problem is that problem is solved yeah then you're dealing with the next problem all right so, uh, so you mean it never ends or no i don't think so and if you invent new technologies then those technologies will have some issues that need to be dealt with yep. i think that's uh, i think you could probably build away certain things but that doesn't mean that cybersecurity goes away as a as a field um if you know what i mean i'm thinking like sql injection to get a bit technical but if if back 20 years ago 10 years ago it was pretty common with sql injection which means that if you if you build your sql queries in a in a insecure way user inputs in a website could could actually become SQL drop yeah. database exactly yeah so instead of when you write your name in a in a text box uh, you could add drop table users and it actually dropped the users table yeah um that problem sh should basically be solved because it's been around for so for so long not that it is but pretty much All right, because pretty much. All right. for those who are developers like orms object yep. relational mappers and stuff like that to abstract away the SQL code oh, yeah. should kind of fix that uh, but we still see it every now and then but that's I guess uh, uh, an example of uh, technical vulnerability that is pretty much solved in a modern environment but then you add cloud environments yep. then you add new cloud related security issues so I, I don't think it will stop I don't, right. I don't think we will not in my lifetime say cybersecurity is not an issue 
We don't All need right. a CISO. So you will never <laughs> retire, Linus. Uh, no. You will go on until the next millennia, more or less. I will die at my keyboard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor life. <laughs> we need to get uh, this uh, guy a uh, proper life, I think. So, <laughs> so uh, the wine is uh, part of life. It is? Yep. Cheers. Cheers. The good part. But, um, I was thinking about this ransomware shit that yeah. happens all over the world. And maybe this is a stupid question, but uh, I think there is no stupid questions. There are only stupid answers. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my best. Try my best. All right. So this is a big thing. Uh, and uh, it's devastating for many companies if they are being mm. uh, ransomed and also private persons of course but <clears throat> isn't there a way to protect you and i'm not talking about just uh, uh some virus software or so uh, can't it be a way to to uh, protect um yeah your data in a way that it's not possible for someone from the outside going into your computer or your, your your system and just uh, uh, yeah. yeah but basically that is what cybersecurity is right it's protecting your data and yeah. processes so from uh, both uh, manipulation from destruction from uh, eavesdropping uh, I mean you might have data that you want to keep secret but then you might have data that you don't care about secrecy, but you care yeah. about its integrity. Uh, so security is about uh, making sure that these things are in place. Confidentiality, mm. integrity and availability. Yeah, but if, but if someone... So, so the, what your question is basically, can't we make our digital life secure? Because yeah, that's what like they are if, if I click on the wrong link, uh, can't couldn't it be, there be a way that if even if I click on it, there will be some security that blocks this yeah. um, malicious uh, attack? Yeah, well, I think it's a very good question, and it's it's the layered approach to security that we are that we need to think about. All right. You could say onion model, you could say defense in depth, uh, layered defense. Yeah. So if you would. Uh, if we were to take a house as a uh, analogy, analogy mm -hmm. let's say uh, you have a fence. Yep. Uh, maybe not in a regular Swedish house, but some some uh, countries and, and properties have a fence. And then you have your perimeter in the house, like the external doors. And then you maybe have a safe. There you have three layers of security. Yeah. So in cyber security, we need to think in the same way. And for a long time, and still today in, in, in many companies, you're thinking about the perimeter, the right. firewall, yep. or the laptop. So the way of getting into a company is hacking a server that is exposed to the internet, maybe. That's the traditional one. One company has a website. You hack the website, you get mm -hmm. into the network. Yep. We are, in many ways, we are, yeah, we are beyond that. Uh, not not for everyone, of course. But another way to get into the company is by, like you said, sending a malicious link, malicious mm. document, to get a foothold on the computer. Yeah. Then we're inside the network. But where we are now is that everyone needs to realize that we need to assume that this is the case, that someone can can get in. We call it assume breach. Right. If you adopt an assume breach mindset you assume that someone gets in kind of like if you put your gold into the safe in your house you assume that someone that wants to steal the gold can get into the house it could be cleaners uh, handyman yeah. it could be the kids uh, friends uh, or just a burglar yeah so you add another layer so what companies need to do is secure their internal network and that's where they have a lot of work a lot of work to do um, and it's totally possible to to secure your 
Well, the security is not one and zero, true and false. Security is more a uh, floating number. Uh, so it's kind of a bar. Uh, right. You should see it as a bar. Okay. Uh, if you have kids and the, if you have evil kids, you should create a bar that is high enough for the evil kids to not be able to jump over. Okay. <laughs> but if you have evil giant, then yeah. they will be able to jump over your bar if you don't raise it to maximum. Okay. So, so security is about given your risk model, what, what your risks are. I mean, if you're uh, a military, yep. uh, if, the, if you're the military or if you're, you're a startup, yep. you have different, very different views on, on your risk and your risk appetite risk appetite is a good term yep what's your appetite for risk if i come here and i say michael you don't have a home alarm and you say well why should i have that and you say something uh, uh, snarky to me oh i don't need that no then, i can say that your doesn't risk. matter because they have 15 minutes to do whatever they want anyway yeah. so then you can say you have a risk appetite that is higher than mine when it comes to maybe that aspect of home security yep. mm -hmm. The same goes for cybersecurity. Um, so it's, um, yeah. So investing in, but I think the challenge is to know how much should we invest? What are our risks? And what I think should be clear for companies nowadays that every company and government authority is at risk for a ransomware attack. The when ransomware attack, uh, the ransomware organizations they are well funded they are competent and they attack everyone uh, i think that's a new thing as well pretty new that before it's probably common that the companies say that uh, well we we don't really have anyone that want to so us. so you mean um, would it be expensive for a company to to the, uh, to build those layers that, so they are secured from uh, ransomware attacks. Is it expensive or is it impossible? It's not impossible, absolutely not. Um, so is it expensive then? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, what is expensive? I think if you look at development projects yep. and you, when I talk to, to companies and they say, we need a pen test penetration test for this web application and maybe they think the price is high but then they have 10 developers working full-time for two years on this project yep. and then they think one consultant for one week is expensive well well maybe that's maybe you think it's expensive but is it uh i mean it's about priorities yep maybe it's better to have the security consultant do this work than having some other feature in the application yep. So I think security must come in earlier as a, in the mindset, in the planning. Uh, Do no you think, uh, think the most software development project is, uh, doesn't have this in-depth uh, security? Um, it varies very widely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's from where mature organizations have security champions in every development project. Uh, I mean, a developer that is like more concerned about security, has better education, is interested in security, maybe a security team that is teaching all the development teams yep. about security, um, external uh, auditors or um, penetration testers like myself, um, good processes and tracking everywhere to not caring about security at all. Yep. The most, and of course, I don't meet the ones who don't care about security because they don't talk to me. I, so, but a lot of people, a lot of co companies I talk to maybe are doing their first pen test. So, especially those that I referred to before that maybe think it's too expensive. Maybe they, they're about to launch a website. Yep. Um, someone realizes, ah, maybe we should do a penetration test on it. And then we need added funding because it was not included in the budget, in the plan. Right. Mm. Um, but some, some people say it's the best way to get a security budget is to have a real incident. So I guess it's the same with, uh, as with a home, home security. If you have a burglar 
burglary yeah. then maybe you, you realize that you should have invested in a home alarm or a better door or whatever yeah but uh, i have but i have at least two layers mm -hmm. so we had the front door yeah. out on the street and then, and then my apartment door yeah. so two layers yeah at least that's good yep <laughs> <laughs> the, the front door down there is probably not that hard to get in no that's, <laughs> that's quite easy so the only thing you need to do some social hacking we call it tailgating we did that in the tv series yeah uh, you stand outside looking like you belong or yeah. on a phone call or something and then when someone comes <laughs> and opens the door you just walk in yeah easy peasy yeah i've done that to big banks right yep. not a problem right so back to the tv series uh, so uh, it was very um, it, it was very good you sh you show the, the team of yours was showing lots of different uh, situations or people and, and companies you hacked um, but you never showed us how you did it no well we we didn't that was uh, wasn't on our part so to speak we uh, I mean that wasn't our job to decide me our as in the hackers no. uh, the job to decide what was uh, being in the final uh, episodes so the, the the editors i think they would be called the editors the yeah. ones cutting yeah. the material i mean they had so many hours of material yeah. and actually we met them on the the premiere of the of the tv series we met two of them but there were three and they were working for months with this material to boil this down to cut this into story or stories or storylines yeah that made sense that were yep. interesting exciting uh, realistic everything so i guess when they see a screen full of letters and digits on a black background yep they think this this looks cool we can have that a few seconds uh, yep. every now and then but that's probably one part of it but another one is this is for the every day or the every man yeah mm. uh, this is not about technically telling the audience what we did also the companies that were uh, involved they should have a, a lot of kudos to them yep. because they they uh, would say participated and uh, uh, were willing to to show uh, i mean to expose themselves at, yep. to a certain extent but uh, of course we can't show what kind of vulnerabilities we abused yeah within their networks so one one thing that was common through the tv series uh, each time you hacked almost every time uh, uh, you placed a a, um, a computer a small computer on their network hardwired into their network yeah why did you do that wasn't it possible to do it through the wi-fi or um a few reasons uh it's it's good tv uh, right <laughs> so <coughs> that's a term we learned pretty quickly max the producer he said this is good tv uh, right. if he failed we thought that this sucks but he was he could be like oh that's good tv because he liked when we failed and succeeded right. you know mm -hmm. creating the drama of yep. going being low <laughs> and then going high stuff like that um but so so that was definitely something they wanted and also we wanted. we realized that that's good tv interesting and, and that's one part of, of security yeah uh, but also it's quick if you quickly want to get into a network yeah you know that hacking the wi-fi will probably not work if they don't have a really bad wi-fi password uh, and that will take some some hours yeah uh, and it could be that you're hacking or you're trying to crack the wi-fi password at home you have to go there collect yep. some data and then go home and try to crack it uh, and maybe the day the next day you succeed or you fail if you succeed you go back and then yep. you, you can connect to the wi-fi yeah, you also had some time constraints exactly in, in, at each uh, so, uh, job or whatever you call it uh, like three days or something you had something yeah, exactly like every episode had three days uh, allocated time yeah uh, of course we could sometimes 
prepare a little bit before uh, just like a day or so if we had the energy but Whatever. so but if you could hack the Wi-Fi could you have could you have done the same thing as you did with your um, yeah with computer but but let's say let's say let's take episode two as a, an example as in voice M, where mm -hmm. I walked in and placed yep. a Raspberry Pi if we, there we tried to hack the Wi-Fi right. um, as, as is said in the in the episode uh, but if I had did hack the Wi-Fi I would have to be either sitting outside the uh, the office and sitting there hacking or placing some kind of device outside yep. that connected to the Wi-Fi then you need a power supply you need to find a power socket or you need a battery yep. and you need to place your Raspberry Pi outside so it's pretty effective to walk inside it's of course high risk um, so and it could also be that if you connect to the Wi-Fi succeed with that it could be that you end up in a network where you don't want to be like a guest network or something right. like that um, and, and I've cracked a lot of Wi-Fi passwords in in my days so to speak but uh, but it is pretty uh, it's pretty slow to crack Wi-Fi passwords uh, different passwords different encrypted or hashed pass passwords are uh, are slow or quick to guess right. depending on algorithms mm -hmm. um, and WPA2 is uh, pretty uh, slow which uh, makes it difficult okay so uh, yeah and also this smart home episode they connected a, a small Raspberry Pi there yep. as well but I mean he, he exposed his network in the garden yeah so that's a big weakness yep uh, and the the other way if they should if they would go some other way that would probably be attacking them via phishing or something and that takes more work more time yep. sending your phishing email waiting sitting there with your cyber uh, you try that with the with the influencer and and she didn't exactly. uh, do what you th thought she should have done exactly Linge, we threw everything at her yeah and she didn't she she like clicked most things I think but she nope. never like uh, went further to log in no nope. um, so. so but so when you are on the, the um, inside the network what do you what's the first thing you do in that case I think every pen tester has different a different like preference but i i want to have a domain account a re any any user's regular domain account so how do you get that yeah there's a, a few ways but uh, a one common way is to trick all computers in the network to talk to you all right if they talk to you you can pretend to be a file server for instance all right then your mm -hmm. computer will try to authenticate to me log in to me yeah that, that's automatic windows behavior uh, and then they will do a handshake challenge response in mtlm right. and i can i get i can get a hash all right so and this hash will say in clear text domain name username so it will say maybe fucafe backslash michael mm. yep. and then a long hash and then i can take this hash to my hash cracking machine and i can do I can guess in millions per second and I have my hash cracking scripts set up uh, in a pretty good way so if you have if you're one of those that create a mm -hmm. password like most people do one word number special character yeah. I, I crack it in a few hours all right so uh, okay so, we'll so then when I yeah so that's mm. that's my main priority number one because then you can you can explore the Active Directory, the domain. You can look at all the users, all the groups. You can go maybe to the intranet. You can look at all the files that are open for every user on the network. So then basically you open up uh, a big part of the network just by becoming a regular employee. Right. And then uh, then it's about next step is finding more critical accounts finding an IT person a manager uh, it could be could be that you find file shares with a lot of files and then some file on that file share has a password for some 
system account maybe on some server um, it could be misconfigurations in active directory so um, so the best security for for avoiding that is to have really long uh, passwords that's a good idea that's a good right. idea for many so, things right so if you have a long password yeah. could you do something in, uh, else could you damage something else in that case or, or do um, you have to have do you need to have to crack a password to be able to do some some harm no but it could or be it know. could be a, a server that hasn't been patched for instance uh, so if you have an if you have an old Windows Server 2003 yep and it's running some line of business application it can't be upgraded because the, the application must run on this old server maybe you can probably find an exploit to just attack that server and, and become admin administrator on that server all right and, and from that server you can reach exactly if you're on if you're an administrator on one server it's pretty easy to to become administrator on other servers there are de different ways of doing that all right but just one interesting or one important way that a lot of people forget is if i own this windows machine and and someone logs on to that i own them i right. own their identity so if you're a server admin and you have the best password in the world but you yeah. log on to this server that i own all right then, then, I've hacked, then, I'm, then I'm, you're unpacked yes or I have your credentials. How? Right. Yeah, now we're getting technical. I can I can tell you. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, but that's how Windows works. So okay. you expose your password hash to this yep. server when you log on. All right. So I can read it from memory. So is it more secure to use uh, to have Linux servers instead? Or Unix servers or, or they they work in completely different ways. Uh, so that typically that that particular attack doesn't apply to linux but it's you can't really say it's more secure or less secure with this operating system or that uh, a lot of people like to say as an as an example a lot of people like to say mac is more secure there are no viruses for mac but if you uh, if you seen episode one you saw that the, the people coming into the um, casting situation they had yep. both windows and mac yep and we had backdoors for both windows and mac yep and the mac door the mac backdoor worked perfectly fine because mac has no antivirus protection the it's isn't it built in in the operating system not on mac no. uh, if i'm not missed anything or something really new but um, right. i have a mac there's no antivirus on that uh, and so the backdoor we built worked perfectly fine on the Macs, old Macs, and I built a Windows backdoor, and I actually spent some time making sure it didn't, it wasn't caught by Windows Defender, but under certain circumstances. And then when we used it for real, it was caught by every uh, every uh, PC or every Windows machine. All right. So, so should we explain what the backdoor means? Yeah. So backdoor uh, is some program malicious that you don't want on your machine that is running in the background and that phones home calls out to some kind of server we call it a c2 server like com for command and control yeah so it's kind of like a team viewer agent uh, or some other remote control software but it's completely silent on your on the victim's end so from my side i can uh, browse files uh, see the desktop access the network so i can probably jump from my computer into your network yep. if you're on the inside of a network um, so that's what you typically want you want to plant one or more backdoors on the internal network um, yeah so um, but i guess that depends back to your question about types of hacks and what how to protect yourself i mean it's up to the hacker also the attacker what he wants to what kind of access he wants maybe he wants to access the data inside a linux system yeah. uh, then he's doing everything to get to that system maybe windows windows and active directory is not the way to get there 
So you said, right, um, um, yeah, Anne-Marie Lövinder from Internetstiftelsen was, she is, she's talk, always talks about password, password, password. So uh, don't mess about. All right, so if you, you, if you have a good uh, password, uh, and then you said uh, layers, have mm. your your system set up in layers, so it's, it's a firewall is not enough. I mean, for instance, uh, Pukafe, mm. if you hack Pukafe website, the only thing you will access in that case will be uh, our events mm. and people that have have um, uh, <coughs> Uh, registered to events, mm. and then some few few web pages, and um, and a, a few users, so which is allowed. So that's it. We have nothing else on it. Yeah. Uh, everything else is uh, is on another server. Yeah, exactly, and that's so. That's so it, and they are not linked. You're you're not able to reach that server from the website. It's impossible. There is nothing that link them together. Yeah. So that's uh, that's really good, and uh, maybe that's more. So is that a, what you is that a type of layer you're talking about? I guess or? you could call it that. I would be probably more call it uh, segmentation or segregation yeah. to divide things up into smaller parts if they don't need to be on the same place. Yeah. Instead of having one big server that does file, mail, web, back in the old days, yeah. you created uh, one Windows server. You published it to the internet. You had the website. I mean, this is a long time ago. Yep. Mm -hmm. You have the web, your company website. You have the exchange server with the emails, and then you have the file server. And then someone hacks your website, and they get all the stuff yep. for your company. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So instead of that, do, and now with the cloud, you can create a small server here with yep. your web website, and then on a completely different network segment, uh, isolated, you create another server doing something else. And so segmentation, I would call that. Right. But uh, because layers, I guess this is just terminology. But this is okay. going through many layers to get into the the valuable data in the middle. Uh, but as you said, if you if you have access, if you have admin access to one server, it's easy for you to have access. Yes. So your layer system uh, will be fucked up in that case. Yeah, and, and or yeah, and this is if you think about how Windows uh, networks work, you typically have you you always have some administrators yep. that have full permission to everything. Yep. If they also use that account, because they should have multiple accounts, but if they don't, if they only have one account, imagine they are logging into their laptop, reading their email using their account yep. and that account is god account that's the main admin yeah if that's the case that's really bad so typically they would have two accounts one regular user account and one admin account but even in that case if they if they should administer some pc some help there they should help the yep. economy department out with some pc matter like workstation and they're doing that with a account that can compromise the entire organization that's a case of too too little uh, segmentation. Right. But unfortunately, in how Windows works, they need to have like one account for each level of access, uh, and that's what we see. They don't have. They have maybe two or three accounts. So that means if I hack some old Windows server, and you as a system administrator log on, I steal your account, and you're probably the main admin. Or if you're not the main admin, you're admin on some other servers, yep. and I jump over there. Right. So now I, I went from owning one server to owning maybe 10. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then I do the same on all these 10, waiting for someone else to, to get in there. And then I steal their accounts. Okay. And sometimes you have to do this over and over for, for days. Yep. And I have done this on big banks. And okay. uh, <coughs> eventually, you take over everything. You badass. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, shit. I think we should give give some advice to people that uh, also to per, to um, to protect your personal data. Mm. Your 
yeah, social media or, or whatever. Um, I think that could be a good opportunity to, mm. to tell people, yeah, look out for this and think about that and, and so on. And the, the influencer was super good mm. when you tried to hack her. It was yeah. the wow, so yeah. <laughs> impressive. Yeah. So, so you, she, you, you, you succeeded to send her an email from some a person that she thought she recognized, and then when she clicked on the link and it was a fake YouTube account that looked like her account, mm. and uh, and the, she did not enter the password. She just. Yeah, we did so many things to her. Yep. And we made up attacks as we oh. went along. Yep. So we did the phishing, like you said, in uh, both by email and in YouTube comments, like uh, check this out. And then yep. she sh she <clears throat> she came to like a login page. She didn't log in there. We tried to hack her Wi-Fi. Yep. Uh, I was sitting there with spy glasses on with camera <laughs> built in, but uh, he she lives in a in a neighborhood with like. Yeah, hundreds of uh, Wi-Fi yeah. access points. <laughs> so that failed. We put a USB stick in her mailbox yep. with malware. She didn't click that or open that. And then when she went to a, a, an interview with S SVT, yep. they told us because of TV, good TV, they said, we want you Linus to take a selfie with her. So yep. when she exits the interview, we will be filming her on the street. Yep. Can you take a selfie with her? Just for for good yep. TV and then uh, okay we thought then we can probably use that scenario the selfie to relate to the YouTube comment so yep. we can connect yep. a real-world situation to a digital yep. encounter um, and also when we were sitting outside uh, which is not shown in the in the episode but when me and David is sitting outside waiting for her to come out from the cafe when she arrives she yep. she parks uh, what do you say she miss parks she parks where you can't park all right mm -hmm. um, so we thought oh that's fun I'll walk out uh, when she she's in the cafe I walk out and take a picture of the car yep. just for fun and then later when she comes out I take the selfie yeah and then we realize okay like a day or two later she she parked wrong maybe we can use like a parking ticket uh, okay. social <laughs> engineering thing yeah. so we actually actually Ginny, i think it was Ginny who built like a they bought the domain like stockholm parking or parking stockholm something yeah. like that set up a parking website uh and sent her a text message i said you with a picture on the of the car i said you have a parking ticket yeah uh click here to pay it and then it was like logging with Google, Facebook, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we thought, yeah, she, yeah, that's maybe normal. Maybe she'll do that. Yeah. She's probably used to that. Yeah. We hoped, but she didn't do that. And then we followed up with a phone call right. saying like, hello, have you paid your parking ticket or you haven't paid your parking ticket? Maybe right. you should do that. So, uh, and she was like, uh, uh, she, I think she said, I paid it, like something like that. All right. So we tried everything. Yeah, sue me. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so, uh, so as a pa private person, what? Uh, I uh, mean, uh, after this um, TV series, you have got some some um, um, some personal um, uh, questions to um, help private persons to solve their. Uh, someone is taking over my website or, or taking over my my Facebook or whatnot. Uh, so what's yeah, what you? Yeah, what's your recommendation for people that to avoid that shit happen? Um, yeah, this is the uh, same stuff everyone is saying. Good passwords, unique passwords on on each, uh, on each important site, and then a password manager for the pa for the sites that are not that important. I, I don't mean that a password manager is not a good thing. I mean I think. Passwords for your most important things, are, I think, is good to have in your, in your remember. Yep. So remember the password for your password manager, for your email, maybe for Facebook if you use yep. that, and then put all the other stuff in in uh, password manager and randomize them the passwords, and then two-factor authentication everywhere on important accounts, and that two-factor authentication is SMS codes. 
yeah. or an application um, for for codes. Yeah. Uh, it's good to think that if you're logging onto your computer and you have codes on your if you get codes on your phone it's you're entering something you know yeah uh, and then there's something you have that yep. you also need to use so if the attacker can guess your password he can never or it's very hard to get hold of your phone as well yep. mm. and actually i've got the question if well if uh, if i have a two-factor authentication do i need a, a good password i think you should have but it's very hard to hack uh, an account of say with a bad password even yeah. if you have or, I or if you have two-factor authentication okay mm. um, but there are of course other things you need to be aware of uh, like a general security awareness be conscious about emails arriving are they really aimed for me because a phishing email can get past a good password and a two-factor authentication imagine if you get an email and you click the link yep. and you're presented with a google login and you you buy it so, so to speak you you think yep. it's legit you enter your really good password yep. you get an sms uh, pin code or sms code you enter the sms code then you're fucked but you entered it in the wrong website yeah so then this wrong the evil site has triggered the sms code with google yeah so they've taken your good password sent it to google you get a text message and you enter the code in the evil site and then they send that to <coughs> google by yeah. autom mm. automatically yeah. then they have logged into your account so uh, basically never click any links if you get a, an email saying you should do something and it, what you should do is connected to one of your accounts it's better to visit that page manually yep and see if you can do it there if you know what i mean yep i know that was a recommendation i've heard that's i heard it like for 20 years or something uh, that um, if you have a if you get a link don't click on the link you type it yeah and see what happens so. yeah. yeah that's a good one probably if you if you if people are not aware it's like if the link what it says in the email yeah. it may not be the same as where the link actually goes yeah mm. you could just check the domain the email is coming from and the domain that actually is um, yeah in the, in the but it, it can be really tricky like in in episode two we bought i bought the domain helsingboyshem.sc yeah. but instead of the l in helsingboy yeah i yeah and then so when you send the email you use uppercase i yeah and it looks like a lowercase l yeah so it's it's really hard yeah to visually yep be 100 percent but if you type it in that case you would you will type has the more yeah, yeah exactly yeah so in that case hmm. so if this is personal you can do stuff like that if it's in the private setting but if it's on in a in a company you should probably have someone you can email and check if this because this could be this could be like a corporate website you should visit yep. it could be that the email is coming from a business partner but it's actually not because it could be that the business partner has been hacked I've seen that where we actually uh, my wife had that previously uh, she got an email from someone she regular emails with yep but it was actually a really complicated or really sophisticated office 365 phishing attempt so actually the link went to office 365 right and into some document there and in the document there was a link where you need to go and that's when the phishing link phishing uh -huh. site came meaning that she got the email from a known person um, the link was legit because the first link she clicked or mm. could click she didn't but when i examined it the first link was for office 365 for real but the next level was the phishing okay uh, so and if you get something like that within your company send it to it ask is this uh, legit Okay. Hey.
So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Linus. Um, I think um, we will finish the bottle without you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's better for everybody. So, yeah, cheers. Thank cheers. you. Oh, sorry, I drank before. <laughs> cheers. See you next time. See you.